Before we get started, I want to tell you about Mercy One's new patient provider matching tool. Meeting your health goals is easier when you have the right doctor. And if you're looking for a primary care provider, Mercy One makes it easy to find someone you trust. Just take our quiz, see your matches, and schedule an appointment. Learn more at mercyone.org forward slash provider match. You're listening to Your Best Life, powered by Mercy One. Join us as we have a fun conversation with certified experts and physicians about health topics for you and your family. It's Your Best Life, our one purpose. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. You've probably heard us talk about the importance of being connected with a primary care provider. It's someone in your corner keeping you well, and not only when you're sick. They know you. It's a relationship that can last a lifetime. So what exactly is primary care, and what should you have in mind when choosing a provider, like someone in family medicine, a pediatrician, or internal medicine? Well, that's the focus of today's episode, and we caught up with an expert in each area. All right, and today we are joined by Dr. Patrick Courtney out of the Mercy One North Iowa Family Medicine Residency. How are you doing today, Dr. Courtney? I'm well, thank you. Awesome. Wonderful to hear that. So you are a family medicine provider. So can you kind of just talk about what led you to where you are currently um, to become a provider and why family medicine? With family medicine, where we are, you know, proud generalists, we see, you know, cradle to grave, um, all ages, we see people in, you know, different settings, whether that's the clinic, um, there's a lot of family medicine doctors who will go to the nursing homes, um, more so in rural areas. Um, there's lots of family doctors who will admit their own patients to the hospital and about seven to 10% of us are still delivering babies. Family medicine has kind of been on the forefront of looking at kind of patient centered rather than disease centered, um, thinking as far as, you know, okay, your patient has heart failure, but are you not thinking about just their medicines, but also about their ability to get their medicines on time, their ability to get food that doesn't come with loads of sodium, um, which helps make foods shelf stable um, and things like that. That's interesting. So it's kind of like a holistic, I mean, you look at like the full scope of what happens in, uh, in life and how it relates to health and wellness kind of. Mm -hmm. So internal medicine, family medicine, and pediatrics are all three year residencies. Mm -hmm. So if you imagine it as water, like we've all got the same volume of water, but family medicine will be broader but shallower, and then internal medicine and pediatrics will be deeper, but narrower. Oh my gosh. I love that visualization that like completely makes sense to me. What do you find to be the reason that you chose family medicines, maybe over pediatrics or internal medicine? Do you like that you can experience kind of the breadth of the breadth of life? <laughs> you know, I, I am, one of those people who, when I was doing my third year of medical school, I loved every rotation that I was on. 
you know, when it came to choosing a specialty, be able to say, gosh, I really would love to give up this part of medicine forever. Um, just was something that I really couldn't do. You know, I loved pediatrics. I loved delivering babies. I loved hospital medicine. Um, I actually went into medical school thinking I was going to be a hospitalist, but I really liked, you know, the continuity of care and, and a lot with hospital medicine, you see exacerbations of problems and you say, well, gosh, if only the patient had been doing this for the last four years, they wouldn't be in this mess. It's like, well, if I do primary care, I can keep people out of the hospital, but then I can also still take care of patients when they're in the hospital. Yes, absolutely. I mean, really your primary, like some, somebody's primary care provider is that, is that first, um, that first step and having that relationship is having that first step and, you know, having a overall well, having a healthy and wellness life because your first contact to the whole mm -hmm. medical world. <laughs> yeah. I really, I really like general primary care for that standpoint. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, family medicine I like because I get to do adult medicine with preventative care. I get to take care of chronic disease. And then I get, you know, enough pediatrics where I can see the kids and be comfortable taking care of kids. And, um, it's never like too many kids. Yeah, I get what you're saying. And there's like a nice variation throughout your day because you yes. get to see so many different types of people. I was in clinic on uh, Friday. I went straight from seeing a 97 year old to seeing a 12 month old. So what are some common scenarios someone would need to come in to see a family medicine provider? Um, so I think, um, I think that family medicine is, um, kind of the specialist in common diseases. So, um, we are broadly trained for taking care of wellness visits, um, acute visits for either, um, urgent care type stuff with colds and cuts and, musculoskeletal stuff, and then kind of the, the chronic diseases of, of life with high blood pressure and diabetes and heart disease and lung disease and asthma and mental health and kind of the whole gambit of medicine is um, the breadth of family medicine. So so Mike, I guess I have a question for you. Um, when, when you have a patient and maybe they have to go to a specialist or anything or need to be referred out, how do you guys collaboratively work for the best care for the patient? Like I'm, I assume that you get to still be in contact, read all the charts and kind of like know what's going on. Yeah. And so when, when patients are seeing a specialist, the specialist will ask, you know, who's your primary care provider? And so when I was, gosh, was I a resident or a medical student? I had, I had some faculty member tell me something that stuck um, where, you know, the primary care doctor is the quarterback of the medical team where 
when you start bringing on more and more specialists, those are the experts in that particular organ. And so, you know, the cardiologists are the only ones who will be able to put a catheter into your heart and open up blood vessels. And they'll be the ones to be able to say, you know, what are the risks and benefits of, you know, doing that or of doing a triple bypass surgery or anything like that. But then those patients will come back to their primary care doctor and they'll say, well, gosh, you've known me for the last however many years. Let's talk about what this really means. I imagine, I mean, I personally, when I talk with my primary care provider, you know, we always talk about, you know, if I have any type of questions going on, she's my first contact. She's the first person I ask. And then if I have surgery or anything like that, we continue to have those follow-ups with her, which is really nice. Cause I feel like I always get this one person that I know I can go to. Yeah. And I guess just from a, uh, just from the standpoint of somebody who likes kind of complexity and also kind of who likes doing procedures. I also like it when, uh, patients contact me first rather than like, oh, they saw a specialist. I could have taken care of that or something like that. Right, 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 right. You're like, I got you though. (laughs) So that's a primary care provider with training in family medicine. Now let's hear from our next expert, a pediatrician primarily focusing on children and adolescents. We are joined by Dr. Sarah Schutte. How are you doing today, Dr. Schutte? I'm great. Wonderful. Um, can you kind of talk about how, can you try to kind of talk about how pediatrics is different to maybe internal and family medicine? Yes. And, and I think it's interesting. I like that you point out that we're all forms of primary care. And, and I think there's so many things that make us more alike than different. And so I, I like to point out to people that we really care for just a a a huge breadth and depth of different kinds of patients. We don't specialize usually in any certain area. I think the only big difference is going to be um, between pediatrics and internal medicine. We definitely have an age differentiation there too. There's definitely some overlap. Um, And so some people cut it off at 18 years of age. Other people are a little bit um, you know, more fuzzy where you go from um, being a child to being an adult or a pediatric patient to an adult. In family medicine, they really don't have that cutoff. Um, so I, I think that that's kind of nice that you don't have to transition from one provider or one uh, uh, practice to another practice. I think probably the other biggest difference is the amount of time we spend in training. Um, when we're in pediatrics, we train a little bit more in depth in some of the areas than maybe a family medicine would be. And, and to their uh, credit, uh, family medicine has to do a lot of things. I mean, their breath is just amazing how many from birth to death, and babies and all these things too. And, and I always say, well, my mind can't quite grip that much. So I like to hone in a little bit more. And so I chose to kind of hone in on an age group. Um, and, and I think that. Um, me, I can kind of package it that way. Uh, a couple of things that, that are definitely, um, and I really, in, in no way do I want to say that family medicine and physicians don't do this as well, but we spend a lot of time in our training 
um, with development, um, you know, the development of the human mind and the human body, you know, from infancy all the way up into adulthood, um, anticipatory guidance, how do we guide our children through those different stages, not just physically, but psychologically and emotionally. I spent a lot of training with that. Um, we, we train a, quite a bit of time with growth disorders. And so when children are growing to be able to know and understand, um, and be able to screen for those. And then what do you need to do for those, how to intervene with those. And we're also quite heavily trained in, um, even from just the newborn time period, babies that are born preterm early, born with genetic disorders, we've got a little bit more depth to some of those really um, complex patients too. I love to be a resource to all of our physicians, internal medicine, family medicine specialists. I mean, I think we all try to use our expertise to help each other out too. And so that's, that's something I enjoy doing. So is there a lot of collaboration between um, family medicine providers and pediatricians? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I say we have the, the, the really fortunate position to be where we are considered primary care. But when I first started practice, we were really considered a little bit more of a specialty or a consultative practice, which I don't do a lot of consultations anymore. Um, and I think it's just the nature of the beast is that um, we've all learned how to collaborate on things that maybe we didn't um, feel as comfortable with or didn't have as much experience with. I mean, even in pediatrics, there are things that I just hadn't been exposed to. I'd perhaps read in a book, but I hadn't been exposed to a lot of patients. And so I would learn those things from some of the other providers that had had more experience and been around a little bit longer and seen more patients. And so in the same way, we share those things with family medicine. And I'm sure family medicine providers do the same thing within their specialty too. So, um, Okay, so I guess, um, can you kind of give us some common scenarios if somebody were you know, on reasons why somebody would be told that their child should go see a pediatrician? I think um, number one, I would say even before somebody is told that they would see a pediatrician, I would say that parents commonly have already identify, you know, before they have children or even when the children are very young or they're just, you know, reproducing, um, a lot of times they've already decided whether they want to see a family medicine or a pediatrician. Um, and that's, not necessarily, one is not necessarily better than the other. I think it's just a relationship. And so there's a lot of um, families that perhaps already have an established relationship with a family medicine doctor that's just, they've seen them through so many things and they want to continue that relationship. And there are others that perhaps either don't have that or want to choose a pediatrician. We just find over the last generation of parents that more and more parents are leaning towards seeing a pediatrician with their children. And so that's just a, that's just a trend over society more so than faculty. Um, there are times when I think that um, I've had family medicine um, colleagues reach out to me to say, Hey, you know, I don't see this a whole lot. Would this be something you'd be comfortable, you know, taking care of this patient for me? And it could be something along the lines of uh, ADHD that maybe they're just not responding to some of the things they know. Um, it could be a growth issue. It could be really a lot of different things. And so we're, we're always happy to jump in and help out where we can with that as well, too. How does the transition happen when a child, young adult turns 18 and there's that kind of, how does that uh, handoff go between a pediatrician and the next level of provider? 
It's a really great question. We're just actually discussed that today. How do we do that with some of our kids that really need a warm handoff? Um, sometimes it happens and we're just not even aware. I mean, as kids get older, they a lot of times don't have to come see the doctor quite as often. Maybe they do a sports physical somewhere else because they just needed to get one quick. And so sometimes that relationship um, just doesn't continue to be as close and they may just kind of trickle off to go somewhere else. I think the biggest reason that that happens is when kids move away, whether they take a job somewhere or college, there's kind of a natural transition right there. Um, but I have a number of kids that still come back home while they're in college and really don't know where to go. And they call our office and say, I need to be seen. What can I do? And I, I think just having, you know, general urgent cares out there for acute care is a great thing. But we oftentimes will proactively start to talk to our kids when they're in their senior year, they're getting ready to transition off to college or the next stage in their life um, to kind of talk to them about their health care and, and where where they will go from here. Many times I'll ask, hey, do you have somebody in mind? You know, moms or dads, a lot of times will say, hey, I see so-and-so, and so that's where I think we're going to take them. Sometimes the transition comes sooner than that. Sometimes they may be, you know, in their, earlier in their teens and they just say, gee, I don't want to go see a pediatrician anymore. I'd like to see a family doctor. And so we help them or parents will choose that too. But I would say it's probably 50% of the time parents will ask us for a recommendation. 50% of the time the parents kind of you know, make that transition that choice on their own, you know, and help their child to find somebody else. Uh, this is kind of just a broad question. So just answer it however you feel like, but how does pediatrics and, and pediatricians fit within a family's overall health circle of care? Always a good question. I, I like uh, the aspect of pediatric care in that um, I've always talked about how being proactive when children are young and teaching them, you know, how to eat healthy foods and make good choices and stay active and make sure they're drinking plenty of fluids and they're exercising on a regular basis, getting the right amount of sleep, um, you know, and just saying those are the four biggies. We really want to concentrate on those when they're young and those habits that we learn when you're very, very young are habits you're carry throughout your life. And so even, um, you know, as they get to be a little bit older, making sure that they're well-rounded and trying to get them involved in things in school and engaged outside of just their classroom too. So I like to say it's not just the physical well-being, but it's the emotional and psychological growth and well-being that we like to uh, encourage. And the part that I love the most is you get to connect with these kids when they're little, and then you get to see them graduate and then go off to college and you, they just blossom into wonderful young young humans, you know, and I've so many of them over the years. It's just so, so rewarding. Now on to our last expert, a primary care provider who specializes in internal medicine. We are joined by Dr. Lazaro Robang from Mercy One Urbandale Internal Medicine. How are you doing today, Dr. Robang? I'm good, thank you. It's a busy day, but uh, I'm good. Can you kind of tell me what the main difference between internal medicine versus family medicine is? So internal medicine is uh, we take care of patients 18 years old and above. So uh, so we think we have we have to take care of the other older folks too. So we take care of uh, complicated multiple medical problem patients. What are some common reasons that somebody would? either get referred to an internal medicine provider or if they want to go to a provider, but they don't know which one best fits for them, what makes internal medicine like, yeah, 
Yeah. The doctor, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 So again, yeah. that's what you said. Either they come to me as a regular primary care doctor or mm -hmm. referral from a doctor, right? So most of the patients we have in the office are coming here as a regular patient, me as a primary care. I get referral from other doctors too. So some from family practice, from other specialties. Uh, so who, who who wants to come into internal medicine? I mean, those folks probably has a lot of medical problems. That's what we take care of here. So like those 80-year-old patients taking 20 medicines and multiple medical problems, that's what we do because we're trained to take care of those folks. Or if you have a young patient, like, you know, again, as I told you, 18 years old and above, they're at that age where there are complicated cases, like, you know, autoimmune disease, endocrine problem, we take care of those folks. So we get referrals again, if the patient's too complicated from family practice, we get some referrals from them. I gotcha, I gotcha, that makes sense. So a question I have for you is when, um, I asked this to um, Dr. Shudi, the pediatrician out in Ankeny as well, that handoff at 18 years old from pediatrician to either family medicine or, or internal medicine, how does that kind of work at that age? Yeah, again, I mean, you know, again, it the, 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 the pediatrics, if they feel like the patient needs a lot of care, like uh, I mean, a lot of medical problems, they're probably going to tell the patient to go to internal medicine. Uh, so again, uh, I mean, it is them who are going to tell the patient who you need to see after, you know, 18 years old, because that's what they take care of. So I know family practice, they take care from birth to, you know, to uh, old age too. Uh, but again, you're thinking about transitioning from pediatric to here. It's them who think that if he needs more care, then we'll probably internal medicine will be the, uh, the right yeah. doctor. Got it. Got it. So, and you kind of look at a person holistically, right? You, you yes. treat the person, not you're just. Right. And, and you're correct. I and mean, uh, we're not just kidney doctor. We're not just heart doctor. Okay. We take care of the whole person. So that's what we do here as general, called general internal medicine. We take care of the whole person. I mean, if the, if the, if the, if the case is too complicated that we need to send, we send them to. So we coordinate their care. Like patients with severe heart disease, then we refer them to cardiology. But most of the time, the basic things, we do it here. Patient has kidney problem. I mean, we take care of most of them here. But if they need like dialysis thing, then we send them to a kidney doctor. So majority, we take care of it in the office. How does internal medicine fit within a family's overall circle of care? Okay. As again, I mean, uh, I, I mean, I've been here for 20 years, okay? I have several generations of patients here. Okay? I have, I mean, I have, a, I have the grandma, I have the dad, and I have the kids. So, I mean, if they, they like you, they trust you, they want to go to only one care, I, we get it. So, as I told you last time, we, uh, I'm telling you, we, we, we take care of patients from 18 to until they die. I mean, if they, they like you, they trust you, then we'll, we'll, we'll take care of them as long as they're 18 years old and above. Right, right. That is, you yeah. start at 18. Yeah. Um, and there are a lot of people out there who don't have primary care providers. They rely very heavily on urgent care or the emergency department for things like their primary care. You know, when it gets bad enough, that's when they'll go in. Why is primary care such an important aspect of a family and an individual's overall well-being? So, I mean, the... Uh... 
you need to have a primary care that you can follow, right? Because if you go to an urgent care, I mean, they don't know you that well, and they'll just take care of your problem. As I, that's why you said, we take care of the whole person, right? So if we know the problem, we can take care of them, especially preventive medicine, right? I mean, if we can prevent any disease, well, that's what we do here. Okay? So again, we can coordinate the care easily here too at the office. So we know that person well, we know that medical problem, we know their history, we know their family, we know better. So I know my patient well. So I know their history. I don't know what they do. So I can take care of called social determinant of health. I don't know what, yeah, I don't know where, what kind of work they do. Is it affecting their health, right? So that's what we have here, right? Otherwise, you know, uh, uh, urgent care, they're probably, I mean, they don't know the patient well. They go for sore throat, they'll take care of the problem. But we take care of the whole person. We're like a detective, like a CSI or Sherlock Holmes. So some patient comes in with these weird symptoms and we try our best to to uh, to take care of solve the problem. Yes, we, oh my we do gosh. our best. We try our best. You're the Sherlock Holmes of the medical field. I oh, love no, that. We, do. we get those uh, complicated, un, uh, un, you know, rare diseases, and we we try our best to uh, start the process here. Yeah. Thanks again to Dr. Courtney and Family Medicine, our pediatrician, Dr. Shudi, and internist, Dr. Rebecca. Now that you know more about primary care, be sure to try out our patient provider matching tool. We have primary care providers now taking patients. We'll put a link to the tool in this episode description. We'll see you next time. Until then, live your best life.